this episode, we interview Brienne Maynard, Executive Director of Startup Sioux Falls, an organization that empowers founders by offering resources to network, launch, and grow their ventures. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Today, we have Brienne Maynard, who is the Executive Director of Startup Sioux Falls. Brienne, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me, Joseph. This is awesome. Yeah, of course, of course. So, per usual, uh, start us off with a elevator pitch. What is Startup Sioux Falls? I'm going to say it as simply as I possibly can. Our organization <laughs> makes or helps to make starting a business easier. Yeah, that's hard it. stop. Period. Hard stop. Yeah, it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Yeah, because it's already complicated enough to start a business. <laughs> so why you? Why you? Why, yeah. why this? I asked myself that question as well. <laughs> so I have worked in nonprofit for about twelve years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I cut my teeth with Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues Society, running the biggest. Uh, jazz and blues festival in the region for okay. three years, um, as well as an educational component. So I got familiar with the the nonprofit work, and I, I just I fell in love with it. And before that, I was working for startups. Um, yep. So I had worked for a web development agency. I have marketing experience, but when I started working in community. Uh, growth and education here in the city, that's when I knew Mm. that that was the path for me. So while I was at Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues, I'd always been eyeing a job at downtown Sioux Falls and the opportunity presented itself. And I went over there to be their communication coordinator. You have to start somewhere. Um, And I worked my way up to vice president. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't make it all the way to the top. But during that, like, kind of last period of my time at downtown Sioux Falls, this there was this job opening, and I kept seeing it. And I kind of knew what Zeal Center for Entrepreneurship was, and I kept this is this is totally like a woman thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I didn't check all the boxes, and I told myself I'm not an entrepreneur, so I I can't lead an organization like that. Huh. And then I had um, a good friend and colleague, Carla Santi, who was chairing that board at the time. They had been struggling to fill the position for quite some time, mm-hmm. and they were looking for the right person. She, she grabbed me for coffee, and it was like the most validating conversation I've ever had where she said, why are you not applying for this? Yeah. And I was like, well, Carla, I'm not an entrepreneur. And she's like, what do you think you've been doing for the past eight <laughs> years at downtown? All you do is support small businesses all day. It's like I needed somebody to shake me and say, hey, yeah. this is a great opportunity for you. So there, that, that, that uh, led me to applying and got the job. And when I came in, it was it was overwhelming. Yeah. Um, we have a forty five thousand square foot facility on the northwest side of Sioux Jeez. Falls. Um, we have been known as a like originally the the organization was known as the South Dakota Technology and Business Center, and they were truly a tech and biotech incubator, which is the reason for the the big largeness of the facility. Yep. Over time, entrepreneurial activity you know, it has changed. Um, there's a lot more uh, interest in it from different industry. Mm-hmm. So in 2016, uh, they decided to apply for an EDA grant, which got them another 7,000 square foot addition on the front of the building to add co-working, which was kind of the buzzword at the time. Like, we need to have co-working so people can kind of, you know, collaborate together. We're trying to create this community. And that worked for a while, but it doesn't bode well that our organization is out on the northwest side of town. And some people would disagree and say, well, you're right off the interstate. But if if you're paying attention to what's going on in Sioux Falls... And I was because I was working for downtown Sioux Falls 
downtown is where the action is. It's where the entrepreneurs are. It's where all of the service providers are. It's just, it's the epicenter of activity in our our city. And I just thought we're missing an opportunity as far as visibility is concerned and to meet people where they're at resource wise. The, you know, the bus stops, you know, they don't necessarily, it's not easy to get out to that side of town necessarily. So we want to be more visible. So that was kind of in my head when I started, but there was a lot to kind of sift through to get to that point. And then the pandemic hit (laughs) and we went, oh my goodness, we like, we literally don't need this much space. I think it opened a lot of people's eyes, right? Like remote work was just like some people already embraced it, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it just became the word. Um, We embraced Zoom in the process. Mm -hmm. And again, it just like further validated those feelings that we were having that we need to do something. We need to make a bold move here. So for the last, I would say, two years, we've been working on this relocation to downtown and it's it's not been easy. Um, And the conversations with, you know, stakeholders have not been you know, not everybody understands what we do and, and the impact that we're making in the community. And I feel yeah. like I really have something to prove. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you that we have gained so much traction in the last 18 months. And I will, I'll give credit to the strong marketing presence that we have in the city. I have a PR background, so I'm out there trying to tell the story yeah. of this organization and trying to make it as easy as possible for people to understand what it is that we do. And along the way, again, we're realizing just how overwhelming this is. Is yeah, for entrepreneurs yeah. and small business owners that are like, I need help, but I literally don't know where to go. And if you look at the, you know, the broad spectrum of the entrepreneurial ecosystem, there's all these acronyms and organ. I mean, there's so many organizations <laughs> that are there to support, but it is so confusing. Yeah. So we feel like we need to become those subject matter experts and kind of turn our organization on its head from an incubator to a true ecosystem organization to help connect people with uh, resources, education, accelerator programming, um, and mentorship, which is a huge component of what's been happening in the city over the last couple of years as well. And it's working. I can tell you it's working. Yeah. Why is entrepreneurship important? Yeah. <laughs> why do you have to ask me that question? Why do, why do I do what I do? I don't know. No, I mean, I know why, but I'm just curious. <laughs> I so think many, yeah. innovation is important in general. Entrepreneurship isn't just a thing that you do. It's a mindset. Yep. And I think that's something not everyone's going to start a bit or be successful in starting a venture. But for those that are interested, there's there's a journey, even if you don't get to the finish line with whatever it is that's kind of rumulating in your head. It's, it's more than that. It's about being efficient and timely and being able, and I hate using this word, but to pivot when, when times get tough and, and when an industry becomes irrelevant, you want to get it, hit it before it gets to that point. And I will tell you, and I know that others in this city would agree that we were caught with our pants down Mm -hmm. when the pandemic hit in some cases, because people were not equipped. And that's where, again, that mindset is so important to be able to think bigger, think ahead, and think efficiently as well. So again, whether or not you're looking to start a venture, which that is important as well, because small businesses are the backbone of, of our economic ecosystem, um, it's, it's more than that. And I want more people to embrace that mindset in our city. Yeah. Wow. And, and I feel like entrepreneurship, and I 
in college, I, I started a apparel company yeah. and it failed. Yep. And <laughs> one of the reasons why I did fail is I thought I could do everything myself. Yeah. Um, and that was a big learning for me for kind of future life. Um, but, it, it, but I think it's just a show that, um, you might have a person that's has an expertise in accounting, but doesn't know marketing, or you might have an expert yeah. in marketing that doesn't know finance. Right. And so you need a diverse set of resources and people surround to surround some, themselves with, uh, to really uh, have a team or a support yeah. system to, to fill the gaps wherever they need those. And, and I think that's what sometimes stops people from even trying because yeah. they're like, well, I don't have all of the yeah. skills. Nobody does. Yeah. Yeah. That's the it's thing. Like, that doesn't mean you don't try. Yeah. Yeah, we Just because you. you're yeah. not an accountant, yeah. that stopped me from applying for positions because I'm like, I'm not good with numbers, but yeah. guess what? There are other people that are and you lean on them and you figure yes. it out. Um, and that's where the, the community piece is so important to us. We've built up a really strong digital community. Mm -hmm. We have over eight, or around 8,000 people in our Facebook group. Jeez. Startup, I forget what it's called now, Startup Sioux Falls Community. Yeah. Um, and then we're, we're hosting events. We want to make sure that those events are free and accessible to some degree. So, you know, just social mixers. Um, and we've also kind of dabbled in different subject matter, like a morning marketing party yeah. where you just sit around in a circle and everyone shares a marketing tip. Yeah. That's where I met Vince, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you don't have to overthink it yeah. either is the thing. Um, and I... It was interesting also, I think, when I came into the organization, how many people drink the Kool-Aid and speak a certain way because they feel like they have to sound like they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's how you miss people in this process. You can't talk down to them. Yep. You need to be approachable. Mm -hmm. And again, like our marketing team is so good at this. They're like talking simple terms that people understand just to help like get more people interested in the idea of it. There's brilliant, like everyone in the facility I work in is smarter than me. Yeah. And they're intimidating to me in so many different <laughs> ways. Like our biotech businesses trying to yeah. cure cancer, you know, and I'm like, oh, hey, <laughs> I can connect you with a lawyer, you know? Um, Which but, is important. But yeah. then yeah. all of that activity together, we all get better because of each other because those biotech businesses don't necessarily know how to sell their, their product mm -hmm. or make it granular enough for an investor to understand what it is. Yeah. So yeah. again, it takes a village to, to get this thing to go. Yeah. And I want people to know that, you know, don't, don't let that stop you. Yeah. Um, if you're afraid because you don't have all the skill set because no one does. Yeah. When you started in your role as executive director, uh, those, how many years ago was that now? Roughly? Two and, and a half. Two and a half. Feels like 10. Because <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. throw the pandemic in there and it's like 10 years itself. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, like, ha are you seeing um, kind of an increase in the amount of entrepreneurs that are reaching out now that maybe you're, you've done better marketing. Like yes. how has the dynamic changed? Cause it sounds like you started with more tech and, and biotech yeah. focus, like startups. Um, and now it sounds like you're able to open up the story to tons yeah. of different types of like, how has you seen that change over the past couple yeah. of years? I think embracing inclusivity and diversity mm -hmm. was a really good move for us. And yeah. also just getting out and telling the story about what we do. We've never seen, and in the time that I've been there, we've never seen more interest mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship or, or getting involved in helping to support entrepreneurs, that other flip side of it, where we've got people that want to be mentors and, and just help in whatever capacity they can. So that's been really exciting yeah. to see. And again, I, even that word entrepreneur, not everybody identifies with that word. And again, like 
as someone who worked in downtown, who was supporting entrepreneurs all over the place, I didn't identify with that word because I'm like, well, you mean retailers? You mean small business owners? Like, what what does that term really mean? Because it can mean a lot of different things. Um, nonprofits included in that, right? Like nonprofits have more pressure than a, than a normal business. They have all eyes on them. Mm-hmm. You have to be fiscally responsible with your with with what you're bringing in, and there's all these extra rules and regulations that come into play. So we have to be able to support multiple communities in this process. And therefore, again, getting that word out about, you know, we're not we're not just stuck on tech and biotech, which are also incredibly yeah, important yeah. to the process. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But we want to fold in different types of, of industry because that only helps enhance the, the work and the and, and it it creates a more diverse community and and it's just exciting to see what will come out of that you know two people from two different walks of life coming together those creative collisions can be really powerful and we want to try to find a way to to make that happen like how does a digital technology entrepreneur impact having a conversation with a bar and restaurant industry right like exactly yeah and every business is a tech business now We yeah, all need to be thinking in those terms. Yeah. Times are changing. The labor the labor shortage is a real thing. Yep. What can we do to automate and get more efficient yep. without bringing John Taffer from Bar Rescue in to scream and yell at you for three days? <laughs> Good show, though. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> Pandemic. What were some of the main learnings that you've had so far? <laughs> Holy Lord. Yeah. Um, to be patient with people. Yeah. Um, that it's always going to be better in person than it, than it is online. Yeah. I think a lot of people were triggered, um, obviously, like there was a lot of unrest in the world. And when we were able to finally come back together, I remembered, you know, why it's so important to have that human connection. And it was hard and everyone has a different, you know, everybody's on a little bit of a different wavelength as far as where they're at mm-hmm. in taking it seriously or not. Yep, yep. And that's really, it's, it's been really difficult. Um, but yeah, that's something that I, I, I try to keep in mind, um, yeah. trying to, to continue to empathize with people that aren't like me and don't think like I do. Yeah. Because we're here to support everyone in the ecosystem as well. Um, as far as our organization is concerned, I really truly think it. Um, legitimized the work that we do. Mm-hmm. I think a lot more people understand um, the power behind a, a strong entrepreneurial ecosystem as we're kind of pivoting out of this this cloud of uncertainty, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm grateful in, in some ways that this happened. I I'm sad, you know, it's awful that this right. happened, but it, I lining. think a lot yeah. of people got some clarity you know, out of the process, you know, we, we made, you know, lemonade out of lemons, if you will. And I felt like I got some clarity around what the vision and the mission of this organization needs to be for the next 10 years. Um, and that we don't need to rely on this gigantic facility, which has bode well for us over Mm -hmm. the last 17 years. And I'm so grateful that somebody had the foresight 17 years ago to say, we need to invest in this because it wasn't a popular opinion at the time. So I'm grateful, but it's time for the next evolution. Yeah. For the next pivot. Yep. 
um, stories. Tell me about some of the success stories of some of the, the, the businesses and entrepreneurs you virtually. Yeah. So it's funny. We, we often will cheer when someone says, I quit my job. I'm going full time with my venture, but really yeah. that's terrifying to me. I'm it like, is, Oh Lord, I feel terrifying. responsible. Right? Like I feel yeah. responsible for that decision. Yeah. You give me the opportunity degree. to hope for now. Like fingers oh. crossed. And, and so it's worked out and yeah. it's also not worked out yeah. in some cases. And we have to just be ready to, to be there for them. Um, and one of our, our core values is um, authenticity. Mm-hmm. So we we are adamant that we ha- we're able to have hard conversations with people, tough conversations. Um, we need to be honest. We mm-hmm. live in the Midwest where it's very passive aggressive and nobody likes to say what they really think because we don't want to offend. Yeah. But in this line of work, I have to offend you. Mm-hmm. And even if it hurts, you need to hear the truth. Yeah. And it helps me get better as a coach and as an advisor. Sometimes I feel like a therapist at times, Um, but we need to be true to our word and steer people in the right direction. And it's not to say that we have to crush their hopes and dreams, but if something doesn't feel right, we need to have that discussion. As far as a... Um, a huge win. This mentor network has really been something. Um, and it's, it's such a simple concept, you know, like, Hey, who wants to sign up to be in this? Just tell me what your background and expertise is. And we'll connect you with people that need that type of resource. Um, and we recently launched this co-starters accelerator program. There's a gentleman um, that just graduated out of it. Who's got a cannabis chem lab. Right. I think it's the first one in the country. Um, if anything in the region. Yeah. And a gentleman that I know um, who works at a a notable um, corporation that was recently bought out. I'm like totally like giving away what that is if people from Sioux Falls are listening. But um, (laughs) he reached out and said, I want to be a mentor. You know, we were pumped because this guy's like in the C-suite, you know, Um, and we ended up pairing him with this with this kid Mm -hmm. Um, six weeks later. The kids, and I shouldn't call him a kid, he's not a kid, but I'm old. Um, (laughs) But his business is now valuated at about $25 million, and he's been connected with VCs in Minneapolis, and it just took like one connection. And that just kind of blew my mind. Um, and the other huge success story that I have to share because it's it's the greatest thing maybe that's happened to me in my professional career yeah. is that we were we recently awarded a $1 million SBA Community Navigator Grant. Wow. Um, this is a pilot program through the Biden administration, through the SBA. Mm-hmm. Um, we were one of only 51 across the nation Jeez. to receive these funds, and there were over 700 applications only one in the state that was awarded yeah, money. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal for a lot of reasons, but at the core of it, this gives us the opportunity to put our tentacles and our resources out into across the state to yeah. underserved communities. So it's a hub and spoke model where the hub will be you know, dispersing funds yeah. to these spoke organizations to provide accelerator programming, mentorship, you know, just all those different business resources that our team doesn't have the capacity to go out and share yeah. with, with the greater community. So we're going to be serving the Pine Ridge Reservation, um, rural communities across the state um, through an organization called Dakota Resources, women um, through MB who need childcare or stipends to, to make ends meet, mm-hmm. um, as well as new Americans and immigrants through an organization called Lutheran Social Services. So we're also working with all these wonderful nonprofits across the state and strengthening ties. It gets overwhelming at times being an, being a nonprofit and having another nonprofit come to you and say, how can we partner? Yeah. At some point you have to like, I, I'm focused on this other thing. I can't. And it breaks my heart every time. 
this is the most beautiful marriage of those two things yeah. where it's still, it's very mission focused and we're providing the resources to these nonprofits and they're, they're the ones that are, are administering the programs themselves because they have the re relationships yeah, in the community, the community not us. Yeah. So we're pumped. Yeah. How did you decide how to disperse that, that million dollar yeah. grant? <laughs> I think we had three or four weeks yeah. to apply. And that's when my, like, I have a team of literally of four. Yeah. So my board is like, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, and I'm like, we're going to talk about it yes. first. Yes. But it just so perfectly aligned with our mission that then we just started kind of looking through. And there were um, certain underserved communities that the grant wanted you to support. Right, right. So it was kind of easy to check off that list, like who- Yeah, to who filter through like they can't the don't meet the credit, yeah. But you yeah. also, you have to be a nonprofit that has the capacity to do this, yeah, yeah. you know? So we did have to be selective in, in who that is. Yeah. We also have additional support through some smaller nonprofits that want to help, but they don't have the capacity to do that, you know, run the programs themselves. So we're working with much more than just five organizations. Yeah. It's more like 15. Jeez. So, and, and I just, I'm so excited to see where we go from here. I'm already thinking yeah. two years ahead, like, what are we going to do next? Yeah. How Speaking do we keep of, the momentum going? Yeah. So we, we talked about history. <laughs> we talked about what happened and is happening currently. What, what does the future have to hold? You already <laughs> said you have that 10 year vision. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I keep getting teased. There are rumblings in this community of, of some big educational ventures coming. And that's a piece I feel that is disjointed mm. a little bit. And that, that's because we don't, Sioux Falls doesn't have a major university mm. in, in the city. Um, we have a couple of private universities, but our two majors are either an hour south or an hour north of us, as well as DSU, which is about 40 minutes away, which has the cybersecurity, mad labs, like they're truly, you know, walking the entrepreneurial walk. So yeah. there's miles between us and that that causes, you know, some disjointedness in communication where I really want to be, you know, in tune to what the students are up to and, yeah. and plant that seed that, you know, this is an option for you. And it's not just entrepreneurial majors. Mm -hmm. In fact, oftentimes they're coming out of a different school. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's some great examples, some success stories. Um, this, this, uh, group out of USD, mm -hmm. Femeno is the name of their startup. Three women, um, went through the Holt prize competition, which is an international competition, they ended up winning $100,000 and they beat out teams from MIT and Harvard to get into the top 10. Yeah. And it, it's so, I'm like, I should know, I, sh I wish I would have known about that early on so we could have helped support them earlier on in the process. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm just trying to figure out ways to make those connections. So in 10 years time, I would like to see a mechanism for us to be able to tie a thread through all of the, the, the school, you know, the university activity and, you know, middle school, high school and get them set up for entrepreneurial success because you can't just like jump into it. Yeah. You need to, you need to be exposed to it first and, you know, refine the pitches and, and just be a part of it. So I'm trying to plant those seeds with my contacts at the universities, but I'm hoping eventually there can be some sort of a consortium um, that could come together and, and really talk through how we blow this thing up and have some marquee event where we're giving away a million bucks. Yeah. You know, and this is happening in other states and other communities. You know, so none of this is new. We're pulling things, you know, that we think will work from us for us um, by talking to other ecosystem organizations across the country. And I've been pleasantly surprised with how willing people are to share information. Yeah. So wow. Well, this is amazing. We're um, gonna run this town. That's yeah, you're gonna to run do. it. Ten yeah. years from now, you're gonna run it. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I think that the last note that I have down here, and you, you covered the value of authenticity, but you also have yeah. bold, bold. values. Yes. And I think you touched on it a little bit when you were talking about um, trying to have those hard conversations, um, but also that that you guys cheers to sometimes when people say they quit their job. That's a mm-hmm. bold thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, talk more about just that value of, of yeah. being bold. I think being bold starts with me. Like I yeah. need to be a bold leader, yeah. and that's terrifying in some ways, right? <laughs> Especially as a woman, like you, you know, you get. I feel like I have to be careful about what I say, where I go, and it's it's just a, a psychological thing, if anything else. But I this is such interesting timing because. Last night, um, I went to a celebration of life for uh, a ma- the matriarch of the downtown community. She was a heavy hitter in downtown development. Her name is Carol Pagonis. And I got to know her while I worked for downtown Sioux Falls because she would call the office and ask us how we were doing. And she would send us meat and cheese trays. But more than that, she's a powerhouse. And she gave me permission to be one too. Yeah. So I carry her fire and her spirit in my heart. Um, and there's a way to go about it and be influential, but not be offensive. Yeah. And it, it was just so touching to see the room last night. There were people in that room that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm standing in this room with the former mayor of the city, CEOs from big companies, and they all spoke so it was just such a heartfelt experience yeah. where they all were touched by her mm-hmm. and they all came from different walks of life. It didn't yeah. matter if you were Republican or Democrat. She brought people together and she wasn't afraid to put herself out there yeah. and ask for permission later, that kind of thing. So I'm I'm very inspired by, you know, the leaders that have come before me. And I feel like I have to walk the walk if that's if that's the uh, um, the value that I want to hold dear to my heart. It has to start with me. Yeah. What does Sioux Falls mean to you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it means a whole lot more now that I have a daughter. I'll tell you that. Man, oh man, that changes everything. And to experience a city through the eyes of a a child again, you know, because I grew up here too. Yeah. Um, It's... it just, it, I want better for her. I want better for her and all the kids. You know, I, I think about her every time I make a business decision, mm-hmm. every time I have a connection, I'm like, how is this going to better the life of my daughter yeah. and, and all of her friends? Um, we have to do better for them. So that's what I think about when I think about Sioux Falls. Um, it's always felt like home, yeah. though, strangely enough. Um, I lived in Minneapolis for a few years after college, and it was fun. Yeah. But I missed, I don't know, I, I missed the tight-knit community of Sioux Falls. It's, it truly is a special place. And if you've never visited, you come visit us once and I guarantee you, you'll agree. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty, right? Yeah. Guilty is charged. It's special. Wow. So people that are listening, how can they get engaged? What type of engagement yeah. do you usually look for? Yeah. I mean, we're, it's not just tied to the greater Sioux Falls area. Mm-hmm. We are looking to, you know, think bigger than mm-hmm. we are and connect with people that have been there, done that. So if there's someone listening that is a VC, that is an entrepreneur that's interested in, in helping us bolster this activity in our city, I would, I would love to connect with anyone yeah. about anything. If they want to be a mentor in our network, we have an opportunity for that. We are about to embark on this like, 
crazy journey where we're going to have probably 10 to 15 cohorts going at once across the state through this accelerator program through the grant. So there's opportunities for facilitation. We're looking for positions right now as well that are grant funded. I need a program manager. I need somebody that has experience in, in grant management. Um, as well as other positions like an entrepreneur in residence, you know, so we're, we're looking to grow the team. We're looking to grow the community. And I'm also just looking for feedback from those that are anywhere across, you know, the country or, or otherwise. So I'm open. Yeah. All right. Well, how, how can people find you? I'm sure you have yeah. websites, all the startup, social media. Yep. Startup Sioux Falls. Yep. Um, if you can find us on social, if you search Facebook, Startup Sioux Falls, um, all the all the platforms. LinkedIn, we're pretty we're pretty yeah. active on LinkedIn. So you can search for my name and connect with me too. I love connecting with people. So. Uh, as we wrap up, what's one thing you want to leave us with? It could be anything, anything oh. off the cuff. Yeah. Um, goodness, that's a such a good question. I guess what I would say is, um, you know, I think a lot about mentorship mm-hmm. and 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 just how again how intimidating this this industry can be. And all you have to do, like just to start, is is set up a meeting and, and listen. Yeah. Just open your mind to a new idea or experience and don't get crippled by the fear of change. Yeah. Because that that's what happens in the average age of an entrepreneur, I believe, is 42. Because I think you feel like you've you, you're you're more secure in yep. your finances and your life. But really there's a lot more of a gamble at some you know, at some points in your life as well, where you have a family um, or, or whatever that looks like. So I would say just keep an open mind. Don't be intimidated by someone who's got a lot more experience than you. You can learn so much from someone else and they have something to learn from you as well. Yeah. So keep that in mind if you're if you're thinking about starting a business. All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time tonight. Yeah. I really do appreciate it and really excited and congrats on the grant, the million dollars. Good luck on all those endeavors <laughs> and be a lot of work growing those cohorts. And, <laughs> and we wish you the best of luck and are honored to share the work and the story yeah. of what you all are doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you know of a great organization or individual leaving a positive impact, we'd love to tell their story. Check us out and contact us at gtzp.org. Don't forget, for more stories like this, you could also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Instagram followers are linked trees in the bio. And for podcast listeners, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and see you again soon.